Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice what Paul says. All scripture is inspired by God is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. See, God's word, this word, it's a lamp to my feet. It shows me the next step and then it's a light to my path. When you're in the word of God, it directs your life. Primarily, we know the will of God by being in the word of God. Whenever we attempt new things or pick up different roles in the workplace, we often rely on guidance and instruction. Those of us who have attempted certain things without instruction have quickly discovered that we don't make much progress. In today's message, Pastor Mark will point us to the best set of instructions mankind has ever received, the written Word of God. From questions about our origin to seeking out the will of God, Pastor Mark encourages us to study the Bible. Just as the Apostle Paul wrote, the Bible contains reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 26, with his continuing study entitled, Life is Temporary, Plan on It. Those of you that have walked away from God, you're far from God, you got off on the wrong path, today's the day to come back. You, you see, we don't have time to procrastinate. We don't have time to disobey. This verse speaks to all of us who, who maybe are putting off doing something God asks you to do. Maybe to ask forgiveness of this person and you keep putting it off. No, it's a sin. Now, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 8. Book of Acts chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, right back to the beginning of the New Testament. Acts chapter 8, up in the balcony, verse 26. Let me give you a story. Philip was a a new believer. God came to him. He was filled with the Spirit. And and God led him to this area. He wasn't really a pastor, but he was just a, a servant, and he was learning. He went to this area called Samaria. And as he's there in Israel and Samaria, God just graciously, huge revival, People coming from everywhere, hundreds getting saved, people getting healed, demons being cast out. And then one day, look down at verse 26, God comes to Philip. Watch what he says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem, (laughs) notice where he wouldn't go there today, to Gaza. Now, if you're Philip, and and you had your devotion, and that angel came to you, what are you thinking in your mind if you're Philip? That must have been Satan speaking to me. (laughs) 
Because what do I have? I have hundreds of people. They're coming to the Lord. God's, God's done that. I haven't done In fact, God, that couldn't be you because I just put in an offer yesterday for a new building. We're going to build this huge campus, and it's pretty soon going to be a multi-campus place. I've got things in order. I've got great plans. They're good plans, God. God said, I don't care anything about your plans. I want you to leave the revival, leave it in the hands of somebody else. I want you to go down to the desert. Well, what am I going to do there? God tells them nothing. Would you write this down this morning? You don't have to understand the will of God to obey the will of God. He knows the will of God, but it doesn't make any sense to him. God, come on now. That, that couldn't be you. Because, see, he doesn't know the future, but God knows the future. Now watch how it goes. Look at the next four words in verse 27. Look at the next four words. Say them with me. Here we go. So... He started out. What do you call that? No procrastination. He doesn't understand why he's going. He doesn't even know what he's going to do there, and he gets to the desert. But he started out. See, you'll see in a moment the timing of God in this particular case is crucial. It's crucial. He had a chance to disobey. He had a chance to put it off. Or simply go now. So he trusted God, even though he doesn't understand the plan. He knows it, but he doesn't understand it. And he's not going to lean to his own understanding. All through the Bible, we say people say these same words. Jesus, Philip, Paul, if the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's will. If it's the Lord's plan, I'm going. Now, what is, what is if it's the Lord's plan, I'm willing mean? What does it mean? His will, his plan. Write it down this morning. It's focused on one word. Dependent. Watch this. If the Lord wills, I am dependent on God's wisdom. See, as I said, you don't have to understand the will. You just have to hear it from God and go, okay, God, sometimes it makes lots of sense to us. Sometimes I don't get it yet. To be honest, when I left hospital pharmacy after 25 years, up at Woodstock there, directing those people. I loved what I was doing. God opened that totally for me all those years. And initially, it didn't make any sense. I thought, you know the history, I thought I was coming to Melbourne to open a campus. I, I got to use me before to start things. And I was just going to stay in the hospital. And one day he came to me and said, uh, that's done. Really? What am I going to do down here? I don't know anybody. I, you really? And look what he's done. See, I didn't know, but he knew. So that's what Philip's going to do. He doesn't really understand, but he's just going to go to the desert. Now, when he gets there, notice what happens. Verse 27. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury at Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in this big chariot line of chariots, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. We see the importance of doing the right thing when God speaks at the right timing. Here's Philip. He's coming down from Samaria. And if the timing's right, he will find there's nobody else when he gets down there. There's nobody else in the desert except this train of people and the Ethiopian eunuch. What if he waits five hours? He missed it. He gets there and there's nobody there. What if he waits a day? He definitely missed it. So when he gets there, because he left, he stepped out. He did it, the will of God, in the timing of God. God's will always includes his timing. So he stepped out. 
The whole bottom line of the story is this. God said, go over to the chariot. He went over, answered the man's questions. See, the man was confused with religion. That's why he's going to Jerusalem and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Many of you are confused. You're in church and you think you're going to heaven because you're in church. No, it's a relationship, personal. You've never taken that step. So he explained it to him. Actually, at the end, this man says, I want to be baptized. They found water and baptized him. Now, Philip is taken off by God somewhere else. And the Ethiopian eunuch goes back to Ethiopia. Philip probably never hears the history. So if I'm looking from man's viewpoint, big revival, lots of people, one man. Looks a little strange, doesn't it, for the will of God? Couldn't he use somebody else to do this? But here's what we discover. The Coptic Christians, which are in Israel and Egypt and all kinds, real born-again Christians that love God, the Coptic Christians trace their spiritual heritage back to this Ethiopian one man. He brought the good news to that area. Today around the world, there's thousands of people that serve Jesus Christ. See, God knew the future, but Philip didn't. By the way, how many of you are Jewish in our campuses? Let me see your hand if you're you're Jewish. One, others, Jewish. So what are the rest of you? Gentiles. How did you get here? You got here because Peter, a Jew, was told by God to go meet a Gentile named Caesarea. At Caesarea, Cornelius, he explained the gospel to him. And from that encounter and Paul's encounters, Christianity was introduced to Gentiles. You're here because Peter and Paul obeyed the will of God. That's exactly right. See, the will of God is really not about just here. It has this eternal perspective for all of us. Now, when you begin to think about that, let me share with you this morning uh, four ways to know the specific will of God for your life. Four ways to know the specific will of God for your life. Number one, know that God primarily speaks through his word. Thanks for being a student of the word. Thanks for realizing the importance of having a daily quiet time. Notice what Paul says. All scripture is inspired by God, is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. See, God's word, this word, it's a lamp to my feet. It shows me the next step, and then it's a light to my path. When you're in the word of God, it directs your life. Primarily, we know the will of God by being in the word of God. I'll often be reading the scripture. I have three or four things that I, as I said, I, I've written down yesterday in my devotion time. God, I, I need, I, I don't know what to do in these like three or four areas. Pretty much as a pastor, this kind of a church, I have those every day. Because I don't know what to do. But God knows what to do. It's not my church, it's his. Now, as I'm doing that, often a word jumps out of the passage that I'm studying. And he gives me direction. That happens often when I'm studying for you guys. God just gives it to me. So understand, first of all is the will of God. And and the will of God and the word of God go together. You can't separate them. They go together. Second, you'll know the will of God by, and I'm not going through all these this morning, just quickly. The Holy Spirit just kind of gives you an inner prompting. This is right. Third, sometimes you need people to help you discover the will of God. Bible, Holy Spirit, people. Other Christians, 
Basically, when you need other Christians, you, you need older Christians, usually. Why do you need older Christians to ask about the will of God? Because older Christians have made a lot more mistakes than you have. Could I hear an amen from the older Christians? We, we would say to you, oh, don't go there. I tried that. Please don't go there. A young person said, yeah, go for it. Right, right, right. Crazy. So you need, by the way, that's why you need to be in a small group. Men's, ladies, couples, singles, the harbor, community groups. That's where we discover all of that. Now, next, number two. The will of God goes together with the word of God. Discover God's will by praying with expectation. The will of God is always directly connected to your prayers and my prayers. Look at Jeremiah 33. Call unto me, God says, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Now, turn with me to Matthew 7 for a moment. I'm not going to spend long with this, but I want you to see it because I think it's huge. Matthew 7. One of the things that we all discover is when I need the will of God, there's all kinds of other things around trying to say something to us. Could I say this to you this morning? Primarily, the word of God and prayer is going to direct you. The role of a pastor, any of our pastors, is not to tell you the will of God in a specific thing for your life. Now, if it goes against or if it's goes with the Word of God. You're here and you say, I'm marrying a believer. Uh, I could say, well, up to that point, I, I know that's a God's will for your life, or whatever. Or I'm taking this job and uh, God's opened these doors for me. Circumstances, another one. I would say, well, it looks pretty good. Trust God. We're not here to tell you how to do your life. This isn't like a cult. I'm here to teach you how to hear God speak to your life. Every one of you can hear God speak to your life. Absolutely. Now, in Matthew 7, 7, notice what it says. Jesus taught this. Ask, pray, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. What is ask? It's prayer. Two-way communication with God. God has a plan for you. He's promised to answer you. He wants you to know what to do in every area of your life. So I have to pray often. What did we learn from James? You have not because you Ask not. I've forgotten that many times in my life. I'm going through this, and God, I'm writing this down. I don't know what to do. And God said, uh, did you ever ask? Whoops. Maybe that's you this morning. You're confused. Well, you've never stopped to ask God. He'll tell you things that are unsearchable. He knows beginning from the end. Next, seek. It means to search out God's will. Be diligent. I need to pray right. Now, sometimes we pray, but here's how we pray. God, I have a difficult decision to make. I need a new job in a new area. And God, here's kind of my list. It needs to be Monday through Friday. It needs to pay $133,000, and it has to have all the benefits included. Now, God, I want your will. <laughs> and currently, you're working at McDonald's flipping burgers. Okay. Maybe college would come first. Maybe a craft would come first. Maybe you're gifted with machines or something. Do you understand? Here's what I'm saying. We not often just don't pray. Sometimes we pray with the wrong motive. You can't say, God, here's the way I want it. This is about me 22 years ago. God, I'll go to Melbourne if you give me a church of 10,000 people. 
I don't know who you'd be listening to, but it wouldn't be me. God ain't ever going to answer that prayer. It's not about that stuff. So be careful how you ask for his will. No, I want what you want for me. Prayer is never getting what you want. Come on, God. Come on, God. It's getting what he wants. By the way, it's good for you. It's always good for us when we get God's will. Number three. And I want you to circle the first word. Up front. Tell God what you, you want his will because you know his will is best for you. Up front. Our role model is Jesus. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. You see, God is looking at the eternal. The will of God is not really primarily about all the stuff that we need here. He does all that. He loves to bless us. He answers us. He wants to answer all those specific detailed questions for today. But really, it's about people and time and him. And it's really focused on eternity. So be patient. God will tell you. Be flexible. God knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. And number four, when God speaks... When he answers your prayer, through the word, through prayer, through the spirit, when he answers, when God speaks, be excited and obey God now. It's not the time to procrastinate. When he speaks to you and he says, this is the timing, go do this, go do this, then do it. Now, that brings in our life success. Success in the Bible is not about stuff, materialism, education, how great looking you are, all, you know, all those crazy things. Success in the Bible is doing God's will. Now look at Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Then what? Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You see, that's an amazing promise. You prosper. You will prosper and succeed in all you do. It brings God's favor into our life. When I'm doing God's will, and I know it, and I obey it, it brings God's favor. It brings God's peace. It simplifies our life. Wait a minute. It clears the cloud that you're under this morning. It helps us to use our time wisely. And ultimately, here's what happens. We learn to invest our lives here for eternity. Now, there's a day coming for all of us when you, and by the way, this morning I'm speaking to thousands of people, basically every single one are sitting in a seat. But we've learned this morning, there's one day at your seat will be empty. What is God's will for the world? Number one, Greg Laurie says it perfect, to know God. God's will for every single person, it's his will that none perish. Know God is not religion. It means a personal relationship with God. And second, after you know God, is there any purpose for you? Yes, there is. Make God known. You got it? So while I'm alive, I I absolutely need to know God. I don't know in that plane when it crashed what the numbers of people that really had a personal relationship with God or not. I, I, I don't know. God knows. Doesn't matter. Too late. Once you're gone, 
You can't determine another destiny. It's over. So that's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So this morning, realize there's a day coming when you will not be here. Well, where will you be? You'll either be in heaven with God forever or separated from God in hell forever. I already told you what his will is. His will is every single person come to Christ. That's why we're a church, to give you the greatest offer of your life. Now, it's not religion. Some of you say, well, let me ask you a question. If you died this afternoon, where would you be? Many of you say, well, I'm going to be in heaven. Could I ask you why? Well, because I'm a good person. Aha. Common statement. Truth? No, it's a lie. If good people could go to heaven, then Jesus Christ came for no reason at all. See, only forgiven people go to heaven. Let me explain to you what salvation is. Salvation is very simple. I have to believe that Jesus Christ died for me. I have to be a believer. He'll help you do that. Then I have to repent to my sin. God, I'm sorry because you're born a sinner. Sin separates us from God. And then when you, when you accept Jesus Christ, you begin this amazing lifestyle of following him, becoming like him. That means to, to speak like him, to think like him, to do like him. And we're never perfect, but we, we've been changed. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus one night, you must be born again. Now, on all of our campuses, some of you are not born again. Some of you are far from God. There's a, a Jewish term. I, I want to go back to it for a second. There's an amazing proverb of God. And basically, uh, it will say, it it says this, it's better to ask the way 10 times than to take the wrong road. Well, I've given you the right road. Some of you have taken the wrong road. You're far from God. You get out of your seat and say, I'm coming home. Now, Satan's going to say to you, he won't accept you. That's a lie. God loves to give second chances. If there weren't second chances, I wouldn't be speaking to you. And by the way, there'd be nobody in this room or any of our campuses. God's gracious. So this morning, it's your choice. You can procrastinate. Don't do that. Some of you brought a friend with you. Would you just say to them, I don't know if you're a Christian or not. I I don't know that area. Maybe you've fallen away. I'd be glad to just walk down there with you. Is it a bold step? It's a huge bull step. But the truth that I tried to tell you today, you and I are temporary. And if you choose Christ now, your life will be changed forever. If you procrastinate, I can't guarantee you anything. I don't really know. But I don't worry about your death. I'm just saying the day you choose Jesus Christ to forgive you your sin is the greatest day. And therefore, it's fantastic. (laughs) You say, well... That's kind of not what I heard. Hey, taste and see that the Lord is good. In today's message, we learn the importance of seeking out the will of God in our personal lives. Not only did Pastor Mark emphasize this, but he also gave us several pointers on how to better achieve our goal. We learned that by continually seeking the Lord in prayer and meditating on His Word, we are sure to find the guidance we seek. Just as the scriptures teach us, seek and you will find. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark will teach on ways in which we can quickly distort the blessings of God. Although our Heavenly Father enjoys blessing His own, it's up to us on just how it is that we enjoy those blessings. In our next study, Pastor Mark will teach us how we can go from enjoying a blessing to experiencing hardships and frustration, allowing God's blessings to distract us from Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.